Welcome to Momhood, everybody. It's Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Today's interview day. You know how that goes. We're doing mini Mondays on Monday and our fabulous interviews on Wednesdays. And today is one that we've been really dying to do, me selfishly and us together. <laughs> what else is new? I know. I know. It's so good. We have Candace Birch on, who is absolutely incredible. She's a hormone specialist. She's a health educator, a journalist, a women's health advocate, and um, such a wealth of knowledge. And we really talk about like hormones at every age. Yeah. Well, I think also there's like this preconceived notion that hormones are all about emotional and it's something that just women deal with but we talk about how that's not true i mean hormones really rule everything in our bodies from weight gain to low energy low libido sleep wrinkles skin like we really yeah. cover it all yeah it's gonna blow your mind um we are gonna have a discount available. If you use the promo code MOMHOOD, you'll be able to get a discount on her services if you want to have your hormone testing done. It's really simple. I did it for myself and that's actually how I met Candace was because I had hired her. So um, it is life-changing, the results that you get. We're going to share those results on MOMHOOD so you can take a look at them for yourself and see how in-depth they are. But man, if you're noticing that you're struggling with some of these things, woof. Low libido we talk a lot about. If yeah. you guys, yeah, your sex drive is a little low. So yeah. And there's also going to be a ton more resources down below that she talks about that we'll make sure to link. All right, guys, enjoy. Yay! You say momhood? Momhood. <gasps> Funny. Okay, so Candace. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Well, the way that we are we were running? We're running. Okay. <laughs> the way that we were introduced to each other was I heard your interview on the Almost Thirty podcast, okay. which my friend Lindsay and Krista do, and I was. I remember being so incredibly fascinated by how you explained hormones because previously I was one of, and I don't know if this is the way a lot of people feel, but I just felt like hormones are like things related to like lady life, like your sex drive, your emotions, your like things when you're pregnant. She's hormonal. You're so right yes. about that. It's always sexist. Yeah. It's like it's she's like hormonal. Hormones are out of whack. And true. you explained Too hormones true. in a way that, I mean, it really controls everything. They rule. They rule. They rule. The emotional, physical, mental life mm -hmm. that we experience. We can't do any of it without these hormones in place in the right amounts, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> in the right proportions at the right points in life. Yeah. No, they are powerful, potent little chemical messengers. Hormone in Greek means to make, to put a force into motion. So, oh so a gosh. hormone you have to think of as a chemical messenger that actually, you know, they often refer to hormones as a key that fits into a lock, as specific as the key you use to open your own front door. They open the key to the receptor site that is on every target cell in the body that waits for testosterone or progesterone or estrogen. And that hormone goes there, opens the door and flips the master switches to govern all of these, these functions. Yeah. Like everything. So, it's really annoying. much. <laughs> I mean, on a particular, you know, you have to understand their functions, but they have yeah. functions. They have fundamental, essential functions in the, the life force, the system that we can't do without. So, Orla, you heard her and then you yeah. decided to Hired her. hire her. Because I was struggling with <clears throat> feeling incredible fatigue, feeling really tired, feeling stressed, irritable, low sex drive. These were all these things. At that, your tender age. Yeah. 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 Uh, at the this? time, this was probably two years ago. Yeah. About maybe a little bit more. So like I was 33, 32, 33. So I mean, really, it didn't, it was like, why? Why am I feeling this? So mm -hmm. I, after hearing the podcast, I got put in touch with you and hired you, did the, you know, you sent me a kit. So I like mm -hmm. did the saliva thing at the key points during the day, sent you everything. You sent it off to a lab, had it analyzed and gave through, came through with a sort of protocol of what I would need based off of off of my results. Can you explain <clears throat> sort of how you got into this as a, as a career? You know, I'm a health educator. So I have a master's degree in health ed and I lived in England a long time and I was a journalist in the health and wellness field. And my, my focus was always disease prevention, health maintenance, how do we do that naturally? So when I was about 48 and was in the latter stages of perimenopause, those years approaching menopause, and I had started late. So I had mm -hmm. a, a how old was Ryan? She was like four and Jesse was near eight, seven and a half. I started having these mood swings and a hot flash every 20 minutes or it was a hot flash every 20 minutes and mood swings in between. 
And I mean, I was just like bouncing off the walls. I was still working on deadlines. So I drink way too much coffee. I was in the habit of pulling all nighters to get things done. Cause when you have kids, sometimes that's when it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And so I had all these bad habits, even though I was a health educator and I did a lot of things right. I was still drinking too much, you know, just trying to, I think I said caffeine and et cetera, which is a real whip to the adrenals. And I noticed one day I looked at my little one, Ryan, Ryan Elizabeth, and she was just looking at me with tears in her eyes. Like she, they were standing in her big blue eyes and I could see she was afraid of me. And so that was it. I just said, okay, <laughs> I got to I got to get a handle on this. So I started reading and the first book I read was what your doctor may not tell you about menopause by Dr. John Lee, who's kind of the guru who he put all this language of hormone imbalance that there is such a thing as that there are such things as hormones that are made to naturally fit your body, not as opposed to the unnatural HRT that has put so many people at risk for breast cancer and heart disease and blood clots, et cetera. What is HRT? Hormone replacement therapy, which was traditionally made from pregnant mare's urine called Premarin. Are we horses? Hello. Mm-hmm. And the women were on this for 40 years. And until the big women's health initiative study in 2003 showed that women that were on HRT were at greater risk for what I was just saying, heart disease, blood clots, breast cancer. And they halted the study three years early. Anyway, I was in the world of natural approaches mm-hmm. to everything. I knew I wasn't going to do HRT, but I, I, and I knew what I was doing, what was going on was hormones. So I, you know, that's when we had first moved back to the States and I was living in a, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho and, you know, try to find a naturopath there, but I found <laughs> one and he knew about saliva testing, which is a very, um, a very accurate way. I, I'm in the saliva testing camp. That's the camp, the testing I do with my health and consulting packages through your hormone balance. We use saliva because saliva measures, well, it's not invasive. You don't have to do needles, mm-hmm. right? That cause stress and skew yeah. results. And also it's much more, it, it's measuring active hormone levels versus what we measure in blood. So I did that test. All these imbalances were identified, which is you know, very comforting when you're Miss Jekyll and Hyde and you're scaring everyone and you feel so bad. So many women I talk to are like, I don't know why I love my husband and I'm so horrible. You know, I want to divorce him every time I get my, and you know, people just are, are having to stay home from work or women not being able to sleep or women living with extreme anxiety. And this is of all ages or having these heavy, painful periods. So, you know, I had some of those symptoms. We don't all have all the same symptoms, but So my story was I read, I studied, and I called when we moved to Portland, Oregon, I called, actually, I called John Lee, the guru who wrote these books. Wow. I just called him. He said that he was retiring, but that I should contact a Dr. David Zava who ran a lab called ZRT Laboratory, um, which is a big hormone testing lab. And Dr. Zava is a breast cancer expert because you know most breast cancers are related to imbalances of hormones particularly too much estrogen so it's important for women in midlife to test um and he just took me on right away he said can you come in i need a director of education so that's how i got into it and and so i became he was my mentor and my guru he was you know a a scientist and and a researcher and he, he we were testing thousands. I mean, now they've tested millions of, of hormone test results, but this is when, you know, this was back then in 2000. Now people know they can test their hormones and there's a non-invasive way to do it. And oh, by the way, it'll probably tell you, but as many people as know that there are just as many that don't, that yes. may be listening today. I wouldn't have thought about <clears throat> it until I listened to your interview. And I mean, I grew up in an area you know, I grew up here in, in Los Angeles where I feel like, you know, everybody knows everything. Everyone knows uh, as far Ahead as the health. Game. Yes. When it, the health yeah. things are concerned, what's going on in our I body. Know. I mean, we are, you know, proudly open-minded to all the things. Yeah. And I mean, I had not a clue. My mom was diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. So my idea of someone that's hormonal is my mom. There was either oh, highs yeah. or lows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always worried, like, is that hereditary? When I become a wow. mom, am I going to be like my mom? Is that something that, you know, I can get or I already have in me? That's That was really what I knew about it. And how old was she when she was diagnosed as bipolar? I want to say it was late 30s. And she had us young, like 24, 25. You know, yeah. it's it, it, it's it's... That's all very interesting because I think, you know, I know so many women that 
you know, the typical thing is I went to the doctor, I had all these symptoms, I felt like I was losing my mind, and he said, you're not, you know, you're just menopausal, you're, it's all in your head, here's an antidepressant. Oh, it's all or in let's your head? Get, let's get you back. That is the common thing I have been told still with all the people I talked to. My doctor told me it was all in my head and gave me an antidepressant, but I'm not depressed. I like my life, you know, I don't feel depressed mm -hmm. actually, but I went on it because my mood swings were so, so whenever I hear that, mm -hmm. I think, it would be good to test hormone levels as well because maybe it's not, yeah. you know, may, or at least is a hormone imbalance contributing and making and complicating the issue. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, what fundamentally can we do? That's like the same situation with thyroid problems. Thyroid problems are much more prevalent in women. So you hear about it all the time. Women are gaining weight, they're this and they can't. It must be a thyroid issue. They go and they get their thyroid tested and their thyroid levels are normal. And lo and behold, What's going on is there's an imbalance, like estrogen dominance, undermining thyroid function. Like you can have, there's something called functional hypothyroidism. Your thyroid gland is healthy, it's functioning, it's making mm -hmm. hormone. The problem is that that hormone, that thyroid hormone isn't being converted to active thyroid levels because there's a hormonal imbalance, maybe of estrogen or progesterone or cortisol mm -hmm. stress hormones inhibiting and blocking that conversion mm -hmm. that can you know because thyroid puts out t4 which is thyroxine it's the most abundant thyroid hormone but it has it's inactive it has to convert to t3 so if it doesn't convert because of an x uh, it doesn't convert for things like low low minerals as well like low levels of selenium or iodine or magnesium also contribute to that but estrogen imbalances also are big time road blockers. So that is an example of here's a chronic disease, mm -hmm. disease state really, that people go on thyroid for life and especially women and especially when do these thyroid problems take hold? Sort of in the late 30s, 40s. So it's like putting a band-aid on a symptom but not really yeah. finding. But not looking more yeah. in depth. You know, mm -hmm. and so when you go to have, let's say you think you have an imbalance in your thyroid, you go to have that test. They don't know to be like they don't know to be checking everything to know. Well, the thyroid isn't this standalone thing; it's connected, and it needs estrogen. It is ever so connected. All the hormones are connected: thyroid, insulin, you know, stress hormone. Well, you know, there are in the ten years, twelve years since I. Oh no, wait, it's been twenty years. I started doing this, working for the hormone testing lab is. 2000. There's been a sea change in the way doctors approach this, of course. That was influenced by that Women's Health Initiative I told you about that mm -hmm. revealed these hugely risky levels with women using HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and 50% and of women stopped using it immediately and, and didn't know who to see. What kind of a doctor can I see? My doctor only knows to put me on 0.625 milligrams of HRT because that's what he learned to do. A lot of doctors are just now saying to their patients, you know, throwing up their hands and saying, I don't know what to tell you, you know, if HRT is risky, because they didn't know how else, to, it was a one size fits all formula. So in the early 2000s, a lot of women were out in the cold and this spawned the growth of, and it had been happening anyway, integrative medicine, complementary medicine, functional medicine. Mm -hmm. So we now have functional medicine doctors. It's not, it's better. You know, yeah. I still, like I said, I still talk to women all the time and say, why, you know, they're mad. Like you, we were talking earlier about how can we prepare for us for this so we don't have these experiences. They're, yeah. they're kind of angry, like, why didn't my doctor ever tell me this? Or just as you just said, mm -hmm. you mean they wouldn't. So some would, maybe a really savvy functional medicine doctor may well say, hey, let's look at your hormones. And it sounds like what you're saying is no matter what symptoms you're having, you might want to check with a doctor that is familiar with checking hormones. Well, first then, and foremost. Well, and depending on the symptoms, and probably mm -hmm. we should talk about the symptoms. Yeah, the classic. Let's do, that. let's do that. And there is, I should mention, on my website, yourhormonebalance.com, there is a symptom quiz that people can take for free. And it just, and I think it even gives you a discount if you decide to buy a test kit. But, and all test kits come with a consult, by the way. I, that's my whole thing. I'm and an like educator. Like in-depth concept. Like we're talking on the phone. Yeah. And we're, going and then you get an action. Point. Point. Because most Set people are going, okay, yeah, so now, so what? Yeah. So, so what do I do? Mm -hmm. You know, and the, but, but my thing is, you can't change something you don't understand. So I feel an obligation to educate people. Because like you said, you thought hormones were about, 
you know, and you were half right, yeah. but there's so much more to understand. But really, so Orly, if you hadn't have heard that podcast, what would you have done? Like gone to a therapist, gone to a doctor? Like what know. were your symptoms that you thought? I don't know. And I yeah. think it's like, I think it's what a lot of people feel where <clears> you, <throat> I just sort of felt like it was, I wasn't handling my overwhelming life very well anymore. <laughs> I felt yeah. like I'm, you know, we talked about what's my schedule like. I've got the kids and I've got the show and I've got the YouTube and I've got the, so when you got here today, you're like, you added a podcast to the mix. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know? <laughs> so to me, I right. was just, I felt like I'm not handling it as well as I felt like I can usually handle things. I'm tired all the time. I'm a little stressed. I get overwhelmed. I feel anxious. Like there was these things that were all kind of humming under the surface, mm -hmm. but nothing was so overwhelming that I was like, I need to see a doctor. You know what I mean? Well, the reason why I asked is I feel like, you know, if you guys go to her site, yourhormonebalance.com, a lot of these symptoms that I'm reading, mood swings, headaches, anxiety, even the things that you were just saying, mm -hmm. overwhelming stress, a lot of people might say, that's just how I operate, or that's just because I'm in this season. It's because I have two little ones, because, you know, exactly. I have a project at work. When do you, I mean, I would hope it's not until you hit a wall or something happens physically where you decide I need to make a change. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my famous lines that I, I often say people become their symptoms. You know, they think that it's okay to be itchy, bitchy, sweaty, tired, psycho. The seven wow, doors. itchy, you know, bitchy. No, no, but really, women yeah. live with hot flashes and night sweats and mood swings and fatigue and not desiring their partner even though they just got married and should be, or they can't get pregnant, or their periods mm -hmm. are... I mean, there are, there are more severe symptoms with mm -hmm. people that are, you know, that really do get people seeking answers, like, I'm missing work because of my heavy, horrible, incapacitating periods. Oh. Or I'm 38 and I still have acne. Or I have no libido. Or this anxiety is huge. Yeah. Everyone is anxious. It's incredible. So, um, you know, so what I see in test results is really echoing the symptoms, which is kind of, you know, to your point, yes, people will, you'll get on with life and you'll get on with things, but then you notice maybe you've got belly fat and you've got more sugar cravings than you used to and you're not sleeping well and you're dragging yourself out of bed and after a while this starts to accumulate and now we're talking about quality of life and i think that's where orly was mm -hmm. or you know just thinking maybe i could because the point is maybe i could feel better yeah. yes you know exactly. like like and that is one of the things i think women have forgotten how good they used to feel how much better they used to feel um, or how much better they could be feeling. It's just like we drag along. And, you know, everybody goes, oh, yeah, I've got that too. And my mother had that and my sister had that. And so then mm -hmm. somehow that must be inevitable. And no, it's not. Well, it's almost like once you have set that standard of what is okay, that becomes the reality. And if you're surrounding yourself in that environment with people that are supporting that, then that is that is your standard. Yeah. And, and it's the approach when you talk to your doctor is let's get you on a birth control pill. Mm. You know, and I don't want to sound down on birth control, but I am definitely down on birth control when you're using it not for reasons of contraception, mm -hmm. which is over 50% of women using it for clear-cut symptoms of hormone imbalance that maybe they're not aware of. If fair enough, you know, we're not, we don't know. This, this concept of, okay, what's a hormone in the first place? And a hormone imbalance, what does that mean? You know, how do I know if I have a hormone imbalance? People haven't been thinking that way. I think they're beginning to now with people like me out here yeah. yakking about it all the time and people like you wanting to learn more, which is excellent. And your age group actually are really, you're really smart because you're trying to find out some answers now so that maybe you can cruise into these perimenopause, menopause years. Because perimenopause, which is really starting to happen earlier and earlier, I'm seeing it in women in their late 30s. And that's where you know your estrogen and progesterone hormones are fluctuating to the point where you're not ovulating Every cycle, you know, you can have a period and not ovulate. And when you don't ovulate, you don't make a lot of hormones. You don't make the right complement of hormones every cycle. And there are a lot of reasons why younger women don't ovulate. But in particular, those who've been on birth control since they were 13 and they're still, I've talked to women who are 47 and are still on birth control because they're afraid their skin's going to break out. Oh my gosh. And acne oily skin is a hormonal issue. And it can be worsened by, you know, things like birth control. So, <laughs> You know, this so, is 
So let me ask it's you. It's a big top topic. This is something that I think is is interesting for women of all ages. Um, and I yeah. actually wasn't super, I didn't think about this until I got a text from one of my best friends, her mom. She sent me a YouTube video she saw that was talking about uh, menopause. She, I guess, is now starting to enter into the experience and, and she's trying to learn as much as she can. And she was saying, you need to, you guys at your age, there is information that I wish that I could have known because I could have taken more control and I feel like I just got slapped in the face and I feel like such a fool. Like, educate yourself, learn. So that is one thing that I'd really love to be able to talk about is what are some things that we can do? Most of us are, you know, not most of us, Brandy and I mm -hmm. specifically are in our mid to late 30s. We are... And you're both beautiful. Thank you. Such a visual feast over here, oh, listeners. Thank you. Um, and so for us, I feel like that's something that, you know, what can we do now? What can women do now when they're maybe are not in that perimenopausal or maybe even if they're reaching it that can start to, I don't know, prevent or ease protect. or like, I don't prevent know what the right word is. Protect yourself against the worst symptoms that can throw you into the uh, roller coaster land for far too long. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, I would say the extent to which people suffer from symptoms is generally linked to the extent to which their hormones are out of balance. And so I guess it goes back to, we've talked about some of the major symptoms. Mm -hmm. It goes back to what causes imbalance in the first place. So why does a young woman or young women like you guys who are still in the shank of your reproductive life, really, I mean, you're nearing, you're in your late 30s, but still, you know, you just had a baby mm -hmm. at 30, I had mine at 37 and 41, actually. Yeah. I'm still cruising. I didn't have a problem. <laughs> but no, we should be able to create the proper complement. And that's all down to the cycle. First half of the cycle is estrogen, right? The first half of our menstrual cycle, estrogen, the growth hormone that grew our female organs, our ovaries, our uterus, our boobs, our curves, grows that egg mm -hmm. every cycle, right? In the in the um, follicle, and it grows the blood blood rich lining that we shed as the period. So Estrogen's growing things. And then when we ovulate, which we hope we do, we think we do, and a lot of women your age now are tracking with some of these great fertility devices, which is very wise to see when and if they are ovulating. When you ovulate, it's a really kind of magical little process. So the egg pops, you know, it we, call, we say the egg popped, right? The egg ruptures through the follicle that it was developing in, the mature egg, it goes on, on down the fallopian tube in search of the friendly sperm. And what's happening with the ruptured follicle, it's magically turning into something called the corpus luteum. This happens every cycle. And that has to happen. You have to ovulate, and that ruptured follicle has to turn into the corpus luteum, which does nothing but make progesterone the whole second half of the cycle. So your menstrual cycle is estrogen, growing, 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 and then progesterone, which is the pregnancy hormone. Progesterone is there to balance estrogen, to stop the growth, because people, you know, the constant, because people who don't have a balance of that and become estrogen dominant will start gaining weight in their hips and thighs. They will become bloated. They will retain water. They will have terrible PMS. Um, there are so many issues with, with estrogen and, and, of course, risk for breast cancer. But progesterone is magical. It's made the whole second half of the cycle, and what it's doing is it's now getting the womb ready for a possible pregnancy. So progesterone, progestation. Mm -hmm. We cannot take a pregnancy to I term. Never put that together. Yeah. Yeah. We can't take a pregnancy to term without the proper adequate amount of progesterone. So testing with young gals that have been on birth control, this is a huge number of people I talk to. I've been on birth control since I was 13, and now I'm 28, and I just got married. My husband and I want to have a baby, and I'm afraid that, you know, I haven't been yeah. able to have, and in fact, I haven't gotten my period back since I stopped birth control, and it's been a year. Mm. Oh. What do I do? So, but anyway, progesterone is the hormone that's getting, so it stops the growth of estrogen and says, okay, you thickened the lining, you grew the egg enough already, let's get the womb ready for a possible pregnancy. So progesterone has these actions, it's, you know, triggering certain secretions that are going to hold a stickiness, it's going to hold that fertilized egg happily in the womb and take it all the way through the pregnancy well, a crucial period is up to 12 weeks, and then the placenta takes over, and then you're swimming in a sea of all this. But if there isn't enough progesterone on board, mm -hmm. miscarriage rates 
are loom large. Mis miscarriage is a risk. If there isn't a fertilized egg, then, mis then progesterone says, okay, no pregnancy, and it gives the signal to shed the lining and your period begins. So this happens every cycle. If that doesn't happen every cycle, if you don't ovulate, if you don't make enough progesterone, if you are on birth control and you're not making enough of anything because it shuts down, or if you're, and I got in trouble for saying this on one of the podcasts, but I had mentioned veganism, plant-based eating that doesn't provide for enough protein. It's really important because protein is the backbone of hormone production. So women mm -hmm. who get really restricted with their diets and are only mm -hmm. eating plant-based food and not knowing how to combine proteins properly are at risk for not ovulating. I talked to, you're saying, what can we women do? Yeah. Your younger age group, um, I would say the issues that loom large to me is over-exercise, over-exercise, extreme high-intensity workouts all the time, like five, six days a week. Some gals are spinning twice a day. Constant working out is, a, is a, an ovulation disruptor. Hmm. So you know women who are Olympic athletes training for marathons are famous for having anovulatory cycles. I've talked to some, you know, you probably knew someone in, in school that was a gymnast that didn't have her period yep, for years. All the time, yeah. So this is common. So that's something to keep track of. You know, you're in the gym and you're overworking because you want to get rid of the belly fat. What happens? The body hangs on to the very fat you're trying to lose because this is a stress response. This over-exercise puts your adrenals in high gear and they're going, oh my God, we can't, you know, we can't meet this demand. Let's hang on to some fuel here. So, so it's the over-exercising, it's the restrictive diets or hip-hop dieting. My daughter Jess is a great is a great authority on that. She's a nutritional health coach and hip hop diet dieted for for years and didn't have her period for years and just got it back like oh this year. Um, <clears throat> so so there's the so there's that there's the um, lack of good fats in the diet and I know a lot of people are now hip to good fats with the keto diets etc. But that's extremely important. I've noticed it's hard to get. You have to think about that. You know. You, you tend to go to the thing where you're trying to avoid things like carbs and sugars. And that's also very important because carbs and sugars cause the ovaries to overproduce the androgen hormones, uh, testosterone and DHEA, because too much sugar in the diet raises insulin. And it's insulin that causes fat storage and the ovaries to overproduce these hormones, so the male hormones, which give us excess facial hair and acne and oily skin and an edgy personality and irregular cycles and, you know, an inability to ovulate. So this is all, it's all tied in with diet. So if your diet is too high in sugar and fat and um, simple carbs and inflammatory foods, that's going to disrupt ovulation. If you are overbooked, overcommitted, have no idea how to take a break or take, you know, do a little self-care, um, that's going to disrupt ovulation if it's cumulative and chronic and you're always in this state of overwhelm. You're probably not ovulating every cycle. And um, what's the other thing? Um, just have I mentioned, so there's stress management, too much exercise, lack of protein, lack of good fats, lack of B vitamins. B vitamins are really depleted in whenever we're stressed or when we drink alcohol, they're easily depleted and a lack of B vitamins can affect whether we ovulate also. Where do we get our B vitamins? Um, well, you get, you know, B vitamins are hard to get enough of. They're in wheat germ. They're in things like, you know, veg of course, all the good foods, vegetables and seeds and nuts. And um, I mean, their uh, nutritional yeast is a great source oh. of B vitamins, like a teaspoon of it sprinkled on things is mm -hmm. a great source. But it's hard to get enough of the B vitamins because we don't always eat all those foods. And then things deplete too much caffeine, too much alcohol. B vitamins get depleted with too much exercise because they're they're involved in the um, in the adrenals work to break down nutrients into energy to fuel our body and brain. So is this something that we should be supplementing? Yeah, can we take probably like B, B vitamins? Probably everybody needs a good B complex, but a lot of people who are fatigued and get sick often and um, who who know they should be or trying to get pregnant who know they should be taking Bs will take a couple of the Bs. Like maybe they'll take B twelve 
or yeah. maybe they'll just but the whole b complex is important yeah b1 through b12 for gals who are trying to encourage that corpus luteum to form and that ovulation b6 and b5 in particular are really important but it's it's bad, like 100 milligrams b6 and 500 of b5 panathenic acid so you have to look for a supplement that has that, like maybe by taking two a day. And then what you try to do is um, also use adaptogens. The B vitamins support the adrenals and so do adaptogens. Have you heard of those? Adaptogens, yes. we were talking about with, yeah, with we just Ali interviewed Ali Landry and she was talking about how she'll add adaptogens into this coffee mix and I'd asked, what right. are they? And she's like, well, I know what some of them do, but she's like, but you know what, like, she was almost like, I, that's a good question. Like, she knows why she should use them, but she couldn't scientifically explain it. Can you explain that? Um, I always suggest adaptogens. It's a bit confusing because there's a lot of them. So you've heard of ginseng mm -hmm. and ashwagandha and rhodiola and eleuthero and all the mushrooms. You yeah. know, that's all. So adaptogens are herbs that have, or plant-based substances that have been shown to help the adrenal glands adapt to stressors adapt to stressors so adaptogenic herbs actually have been shown in studies of russian athletes and astronauts and other studies that they actually nourish and strengthen the adrenal glands wow. and then we need to talk about the adrenal glands a bit the adrenals are those little pyramid shaped glands that sit on top of the kidneys that are they're small but mighty because they regulate how our nutrients are they regulate the blood sugar and insulin relationship that is the result of the nutrients we eat. You know, it all boils down to blood sugar and insulin. That's where we get our energy. And the adrenals control that because if you're going out to work out, let's say you've got you've got this podcast today, your kids are coming home in a couple hours, yep. you gotta do another gig, you gotta make dinner, you, you got all this stuff going on. It's a constant, and then you're gonna go work out and maybe you're gonna, you know, so there's this constant demand for cortisol throughout the day. When we test cortisol levels, we, we test in a, a kit that has four tubes and you spit into those tubes on one particular day out of a three-day window. And the four collections are measuring not only the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, but your cortisol stress hormone levels, which operate in a, in a pattern. They should be highest in the morning so that you're getting out of bed, yeah. pumped for your day, ready to right. go, you feel rested, refreshed, mm -hmm. and then your levels should gradually drop throughout the course of the day to the lowest point at night so that you can be calm and fall asleep. Well, how many people do you think are following that lovely curve? The opposite, probably. Mm -hmm. It's often low in the morning and people in high at night or you know, wonky all day long or high and then crash and then down across, you know, flatlined all day. And people go, that's the story of my life. Yeah. So yeah. Well, when you did this with her, what did you guys decide? Like, can you kind of walk us through so what was, you figured out? It was a while ago now, so I almost yeah. forget. We were talking about once you start to feel better, you sort of start to feel better and you forget. But I think that mine were opposite. My cortisol was low in the morning and high at night. Mm -hmm. I think I was low on testosterone, and I think I was low on... And your, your libido was low at that time yeah. then, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the, I could probably almost, I wonder if I have the email where... But I guess I was wondering, thing. like, so then what did you do? So so you um, prescribed certain... I don't prescribe, but well, I suggest. Yes, sorry. Things that are over the that are available, over the natural substances. Yeah, so there over. was like a couple and of... And some hormones are available over the counter. Over the counter um, hormone creams mm -hmm. that I got from Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. That was, I think, like it was an estrogen and a... And I think it was you were on progesterone because progesterone, I was telling you all about mm -hmm. progesterone, progesterone is also essential for adrenal function. The adrenals, act, you know, all these hormones are like the Bible, one begets the other. Mm -hmm. And so progesterone actually breaks down to cortisol. So for the adrenals to have enough cortisol to get you up in the morning and keep you taking stress and stride all day so that, you know, if you're sitting in traffic and you're a little bit late, mm -hmm. you're not going to have a meltdown because someone looked at you wrong, you start crying, you know. <laughs> These adrenals are supposed to take us through. Like, look, I'm looking at this now. This is the oh, yeah. email that you look sent at, me. Look at that. Look at That's my cortisol at night. So I'm going to, I'll screenshot that's, this that, and put this you, on Instagram. The, the soundtrack to that should be tossing and turning. You remember that song? <laughs> yes. 
from the 50s. Oh Tossing so, and, and turning. And what yeah. she'll send you is this. It'll say the name of the hormone, and then it shows you a range, like the optimal range. So you can say progesterone. I was, I was out of the range that low. I should be in. The ratio was low because we looked for the ratio between progesterone and estrogen. Testosterone was low. Testosterone way low. was very low. Yeah. So she sends this entire thing. But like she said, there's no way to actually, for me to understand it. Of course. So then it comes with an action plan. So then the next document that I'm opening is an action plan. These are the things that, what, what my results, what the effect is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was like, this was your result. This is the effect you're seeing in your life right. that is connected to that low test result. And this is what you can do. And then, and then these are the things that you can do. Your action that plan. You can, and, you can, and I really, my aim is to point you in the right direction because I think with doctors, people write, reach too quickly for the prescription pad. There are so many things, like you were asking me. Yeah. So it's eating the right uh, balance of good fats and protein. It's making sure that you're not ex- doing extremes of exercise. It's making sure that things like being on your laptop late at night, yeah. that's a huge disruptor of melatonin. And the adrenals actually also control the sleep-wake cycle. So if you're on your screen late at night, like many people are, melatonin goes down because the blue light hits the pineal gland of the brain and Mm -hmm. shuts down melatonin, this master sleep hormone. So what hormone do you think goes up? Cortisol in the middle of the night. You can't sleep or you wake up or you can't, you know, and, and there's a huge link between high night cortisol and belly fat. Um, It's very interesting because the appetite hormones, ghrelin mm-hmm. and leptin, they sound like little elves. Yeah, they do. Ghrelin, or demons. Demons, <laughs> yeah. Ghrelin is the, is the hunger hormone. So when it goes up, you feel hungry. Leptin is the hormone that says you're not hungry, you're full. You feel nourished. So these guys are completely undone by a high cortisol at night and a low mel- melatonin. And so they reverse, and now suddenly you've got way too much ghrelin which is telling you you're hungry all the time so these are the people that feel hungry all the time yeah they just ate two hours ago and they're hungry again or they have sugar cravings and they don't and they or they never feel full they never feel nourished um so there's a lot of tie-ins you know this is the thing they talk about hormones as being like a symphony or i think of synchronized swimmers if one of them is over here and another one's down there you're or if one instrument is playing out of tune the whole thing so we're never going to be perfectly balanced it's a process it's a journey mm-hmm. but by making you know becoming aware yes there's there's a sure we all feel when we're new moms and we didn't we pulled an all-nighter we you know obviously there's an abundance of stress in life because you guys are in the shank of your productive world you've got kids and you've got careers and nobody's going to tell you not to do that especially if you love what you're doing but what you need is extra support you need extra tlc you need to nourish your adrenals with these adaptogens what i and the the good foods i'm talking about not skipping meals is another thing Mm. intermittent fasting is a whole nother subject um for people with low adrenals not a great idea yeah um so there are many you know there are many lifestyle things that are in the action plan with the adaptogens, um, I always suggest them with a cortisol picture like yours was, along with the B-complex and, of course, stress management. Hey, did you take a weekend away? Did you take a, a, get a massage? When's the last time you did something you really love to do? Um, and then these adaptogenic tinctures, which taste like hell, by the way. They, <laughs> they do. But, but what I suggest are some tinctures uh, produced by um, my guru, Aviva Ram. She is an MD out of Yale. That's a great website. How do you spell Rom? R-O-M-M. She's an MD, and she started out as a midwife. So she's mm-hmm. really, for your listeners who want to have a healthy, yeah. natural pregnancy, she's also a botanical medical expert. So she's put together these adaptogenic tinctures that have the right combination because it's so confusing. Well, what do I take? Rhodiola, yeah, maca, which one? There's 10 million of them. So she's got... A certain selection. So one is called Adrena Nourish, which is a certain selection of adaptogens, and I like people to take that every day. It's like general Adrena. It's nourishment. Yeah. She's got one called Adrena Uplift that I have with me because whenever I'm have a busy day, instead of drinking coffee, I do a a tincture of Adrena Uplift, which oh, is wow. another 
combination that she's put together. And then she's got one called Adrena Soothe, which really helps people sleep. Um, and so it puts together all of the different adaptogens yeah. so that Instead you're getting you trying to, take, to figure it out. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. From what I'm understanding, and God, I, I feel like I'm, there's a chance I'm way wrong here, is menopause as soon as you consistently stop ovulating. So in or, is that right? So like in order to try to either save that off or in order to manage it, it's about what can you do to try to maintain that healthy ovulation in your body for as long as possible and that that is the same thing as like protecting against early menopause? Well, right? I mean, or... you actually, you make a good point because there are a lot of women who will say, I'm in early menopause, but why? Why? Yeah. Because you're, maybe your ovulation has been being disrupted for years because you were on birth control for a long time and then when you went off, but then you didn't know that you needed to have a good complement yeah. of fats and, and you didn't know that you know too much exercise disrupts you go on for more years with ovulation being at a low ebb and then your hormones are at low levels because ovarian hormones put out you know the estrogen progesterone and testosterone for the most i mean a good percentage of testosterone so if your ovaries aren't doing their thing yeah so of course i would say through your you know even up into your mid 40s you should be able to be you know ovulating but then it's it's going to be inevitable your ovaries right. are going to pack it's up at happen. some point of course it's going to happen and usually what starts happening but this is what we're saying what you guys can prepare for is to not have this horrible fluctuating up and down kind of experience as you're as you move into the inevitable phase of ovaries that pack their bags and they're done it doesn't have to be such a drama it can be gradual because you're supporting the process all along and then at some point, you're going to see that your periods are lighter or they're heavier or you don't have a period or, you know, it starts to change. You will have some symptoms. There are, you know, 80% of women have hot flashes or night sweats or heart palpitations or they're gaining weight or there's going to be something. You're not going to have all of them. Um, and then at around the age of 51, the official definition of menopause is 12 consecutive months without a cycle. And that then you're officially and, and this is what's funny with women who are in menopause. They'll say to me, well, you know, shouldn't I just I'm in menopause, so I'm done. Right. Shouldn't I just accept this? Yeah. that's going on because I'm done. Mm -hmm. And the answer is always, no, you're not done because these hormones do. You know, we're talking about their relation to symptoms, but they have a function in the body they i was talking about they built you know they grew our organs and they protect those organs they protect our heart and our blood vessels and our brain function and our metabolism and our sleep-wake cycle and our energy and our moods and our memory and oh i mean gosh. it goes on and on so the point being with menopausal women a hundred years ago we lived to be what 50 so no biggie we're done anyway now we're living to be my mother just passed at 93. Wow. So we're talking, she passed last year. Oh my gosh. So we're, so we're, I'm the, last, I'm the last one standing. But, oh, but I mean, you know, we have a, a third of our lives to go. Look at Jane Fonda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, I'm in my early seventies. I can't. No way. Insane. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You are? I am. You yes. guys have to look at her immediately. Get on Instagram. <laughs> She's a babe. No. Are you serious? Yeah, that's wild. Okay, so, well, I'm, so I want to do what you're doing. So tell it's me kind what of shocking. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm saying get your at you know get your eating habits together. You should have fiber, fats, greens, and protein in every meal. I think every gal should start out her day. If you're busy and you have five million things to do, don't skip breakfast. Have a good smoothie. Throw in some omegas. Put in yeah. some anti-inflammatory turmeric. If you don't want to swallow a bunch of pills, get some liquid B-complex. Put it in there. Mm -hmm. You know, get your adaptogenic tincture. Put a little water in your mouth and just squirt it in. Get a regular bedtime and don't be, you know, watching television or on your computer right up until bedtime because you're not going to sleep well. Sleep is going to disrupt your appetite hormones and stress your adrenals. Moderate your exercise. High intensity is great, but moderate it with low intensity. Yoga, stretching, Pilates, swimming, walking, and get outside. Because I also test vitamin D. You wouldn't believe the number of people that are vitamin D deficient. I was super deficient. I D that. is a hormone. It's not a vitamin. 
It's a it hormone. Is. It's a hormone. It, they call it a pro-hormone. It's made by the action of sunlight upon the skin. You have to get a, a good 20 minutes of sunlight to have enough D. And, you know, a lack of D is is just, it's all tied in with poor immune system function, which, by the way, is also the adrenals, big bailiwick. Mm-hmm. They, they regulate immune function. So low D causes us to gain weight, puts us at risk for heart disease and cancer. And also there are studies about the lower the D, the higher the body fat, especially abdominal. Oh my goodness. I know you talked about that HRT, hormone replacement therapy, was not good. But I have heard you talk about bioidentical hormones. Yeah. What? So what is that? And is that like the solution? Like, Well, when based on testing, um, when women do need hormone, um, the choice is has been usually it was HRT hormone replacement therapy I mentioned it was ma- mainly made from pregnant mares urine yeah, which geez. and it was used for 40 years among women who were told that unless they did you know back in the 50s there was this guy Dr. I think it was Robert Wilson he wrote a book called Feminine Forever and went around talking <laughs> to women giving speeches all funded by Wyeth Aris drug company of course Mm-hmm. that was making Premarin and telling women, you know, if you don't use these hormones, you're just going to dry up and be, you. you know, a fat old dried up crone and nobody's going to want to live with you. And I mean, you should read some of the statements and some of the, some of the ads from those days. Yeah. The fact that there was actual ads, that wasn't ads. just some, like loony It was guy. a whole ad campaign. Premarin makes women easier to live with. Ugh, and it shows I the can't. husband coming home. And, you know, you'll find your wife is someone you want to. Unbelievable. So anyway, that's been the thing for 40 years, even yeah. though women in Europe have been using what we call bioidenticals for the same amount of time. But the drug industry, big pharma yeah. rules in this country. And so that's been their number one product. Um, Wyeth Aris, number one product for ages until 2003 when the Women's Health Initiative showed that there was greater risk than benefit for women using HRT. And that's when the whole, there was a sea change where women started to, to learn after a period of sort of being out in the cold and not having anyone to talk to, there was this growth of functional medicine, integrative medicine, and a newfound awareness that there's something called bioidentical hormones that are made and there's a whole thing around it so bioidentical means identical in structure and function to the hormones your own body makes so remember i was saying the key in the lock yes identical in structure and molecular function so think of a puzzle piece or Mm -hmm. the key in so these hormones that are bioidentical are made to be identical so yes they're made in a lab so that means we can't call them entirely natural Mm -hmm. But they're not made from synthetic chemicals. They're made from plant-based substances like wild yam or soy-based substances, not to an extreme, but um, natural plant-based substances created to be, to mimic the same structure as our own hormones used during the time when we would be making them anyway, naturally producing them. So So meaning what? Taking them before your... Taking them during the part of the month when oh, 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 your body's it. producing them anyway, and the delivering them, right? Got it. Okay. Right. So let's say you're low in progesterone, as you were. Mm-hmm. We were talking about okay, you you know the fact that progesterone is also supporting your adrenals, and you're low, and you've got all these symptoms. A little bit of progesterone days twelve to twenty four of your cycle when you would have been when you should be making the proper amount is got when it. you'll take it. So. So bioidentical, matching the structure, plant-based, being delivered at the right time of the month in Goldilocks amounts, meaning not too much, not too little, exactly the amount your body would have made naturally. So that's kind of the bioidentical model, and that has taken hold over the last, since 2003, there are now thousands and millions of women on bioidenticals, thank God. Yeah. that we have them and in and, order to get bioidenticals is that something that you need to get a prescription are they <clears throat> i know there's like creams available over the counter are those bioidentical yes they're okay. bioidentical progesterone cream is the most well known because progesterone is a benign hormone you know we talked about it being the great it, it's been called the great balancer it protects the pregnancy it it balances estrogen 
excesses and it helps you sleep so it's really it's very calming got it so the cream is available over the counter there's a really good company that's been around for 35 years out of portland oregon where i live called progest by emerita and they have been used in studies and it's a really good plant-based progesterone cream and and it doesn't require a prescription and i also uh, i also uh, suggest smoky mountain nutrition but ladies, if you're listening, please don't go out and buy that. Yes. I, you need to test. You need may not know. need. You need to know. And we use test results as a guide. And in your case, Orly, all your everything lined up. Your yeah. adrenals were wanting it. it. There's also an herb called chaseberry that can be very helpful to women to get to help um, natural progesterone production but sometimes women are so low in it and have been so low for so long and they're not sleeping and that a little bit of uh chaseberry to get try to get the ovulation back and some progesterone cream together can be wonderful but this is all and it can be magic it can change your life yeah but i hate it when i hear that women have gone to see a doctor because now women are savvy, they want bioidentical hormones, and it, estrogen usually has to be prescribed. It's okay. usually in a patch. It's a much more potent hormone, so it has to be prescribed. Now, especially women that have had a hysterectomy, they need some prescribed hormone, but it's yeah. got to be based on test results in Goldilocks amounts used properly as a cream or a gel or a patch. Um, but in the beginning, especially with young women like you and even women in perimenopause, don't always need a prescription. Doctors reach for that prescription pad too quickly. You can use a natural over-the-counter progesterone and in concert with, okay, I'm going to eat more fat. I'm going to add B vitamins. I'm going to stop over-exercising. I'm going to make a list of the 10 things I love to do most in all the world, and then I'm going to go back and say, when's the last time I did those? And then I'm going to make time for some of the things that are self-care and that that reduce my stress levels. And I'm going to take my adaptogens and I'm going to, you know, it's just mostly this action plan I send. It's not a prescription. It is saying these are all the things we know help to balance hormones naturally. So take your, you know, this is, these are the essentials I suggest based on what your test results showed us, but it's up to you because I can't, you know, I can't dictate to you what to do. People have a budget. I think people follow the 80-20 rule, and, you know, and they're, they're, they're pretty good. They... Yeah, and I think it's, what's interesting, too, is that, like we've talked about, the fact that hormones affect so many different parts of our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. The idea that it, that it could all be cured by just needing a cream or this or that. No. Like, to think that, well, it, if it has to do with energy, then it obviously has to do with food. And if it, ha- you know, like, that there, that there are these other forms that if they don't all work together, mm-hmm. how you can't think that you're just going to fix it by just, again, you know, a progesterone cream or whatever. But I do agree because I know that when I did the testing, you were able to look at the levels so specifically and say, okay, this is related to this this exactly these are the things that you can do that you can buy actually as a tincture or a supplement or a cream that will help these three but for these three this is about more fats this is about yeah so that exactly you know understanding the full picture um i think is so important yeah thank you for saying that because i really do want to emphasize it's this is a holistic thing and if you're you know if you're drinking late at night and on your computer and you're, you know, you're overbooked and overcommitted and stressed and not taking time for yourself. You can rub in all the progesterone you want. It's not, not going to do anything. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, they're you know, interesting comment I get from a lot of people who are super stressed. They'll say, wow, I thought my cortisol levels would be really high. Um, and sometimes they are like yours were at night, but other times, you know, that low morning level wow, I thought it'd be really sky high. No, it's low because your adrenals are, they're overworked. Yeah. They're overtaxed. They're getting tired. They can't meet the demand. So, you know. So for the average person listening, before they get, I think they should, I cannot recommend the testing enough. So just so you guys know, first of all, uh, we will put the information um, in the description, but we're going to put Candice's website. There's going to be a promo code MOMHOOD, which will give you a discount on the testing. I cannot recommend doing the testing enough just to understand if some of the things that you're sensing in yourself that don't feel like you or yeah. maybe when you don't feel confident about the way that you feel or act at certain times to know whether it is potentially your hormones just that information being armed with that knowledge will 
take a little bit of the guilt and shame off of it. I think it does quite a bit. Huge. To me, when I looked at my results, I felt like it There's justified. Yeah. Yes, it really did. So first of all, I cannot recommend that enough, and I, I hope you guys do it. But for other people who just want to, in general, try to balance and manage, we're talking about the super B complex, right? Mm-hmm. Vitamin D, mm-hmm. high fats, you yeah. know, good, good healthy fats. Coconut, avocado, eggs. Regular salad. meals. Regular. Yeah, I mean, it. you know. Not intermittent fasting, not. Not necessarily. Intermittent fasting has its virtues, and that's another conversation. But if your adrenals are down and you're feeling a sense of overwhelm and you're not sleeping and you know you're not feeling like you, uh, that's not the time to be doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. So is there any. extreme exercise. Right. um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like every, like this, if I could, you know, suggest these 10 things to everybody, no harm will be done and it could actually help. Like, you know, kind of those things that are like, just incorporate if you're noticing some of these symptoms. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is the, the exercise is a big issue and the inability to turn off, turn the switch off. Yeah. The inability to turn off and calm down, constantly going, you know, this attitude of I'll sleep when I die, or, I mean, I've heard people say ridiculous things like this, or people going, I'm just crazy busy, as though that's an admirable quality of life. You know, that crazy busy will, will tear you down eventually. Drinking too much caffeine and Red Bull and, you know, various energy drinks to keep going is a real no-no because that's like a whip to the adrenals and it only gets worse. What's a uh, okay <clears throat> amount of caffeine? You know, I would say a cup or two. I had my almond milk latte today, which yeah. is not necessarily an everyday thing for me because I use my Adrena Uplift Tonic, which right. is so much better. Right. Um but yeah, anything over, you know, when the coffee pot used to be going and people were drinking five, six cups mm-hmm. of coffee a day, that is, that's just like, you're hitting, you're taking a whip to those adrenals. It's like flogging a, a dead horse. So, you know, they, they respond a little bit as a stimulation, your blood sugar goes up, your insulin goes up, and then they all crash. Right. And you're starving and you're in a horrible mood and you have absolutely no energy and you just don't know how you're going to get through your day. So, um, what were we saying? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I don't know. We were, we were just talking about caffeine, limiting caffeine. Yeah. Caffeine, I'd say no more than two cups of caffeine a day. I mean, you have to think about it. it's in colas and sodas and energy drinks and yeah. it's in a chocolate. A chocolate is a great little thing actually for hormone balance because it is full of zinc and other good minerals, but a square or two, not a whole. Yeah, right. No, not a whole bar. Right. So, um, yeah, caffeine in moderation is really important. And, you know, you can start by doing, if you're a real addict, you can start with half and half, half caffeine, half decaf, and then yeah. just keep weaning. A lot of people like mushroom coffees. In our action plan, we give you a discount for, for four Sigmatic mushroom coffees. There's so many good alternatives, Options. you know, and that's the great thing about this. A lot of kids who, gals I talk to that have weight problems, and do the hormone, um, what do we call it, the weight balance package. I work with my daughter, who I mentioned, Jess Sukan. She's yeah. a nutritional health coach, and she really helps people get on the right sort of eating path. Because a lot of people just don't know how to eat anymore. Yeah. They've done so many different approaches. Well, there's approaches. so much. There's so, I feel like there's such um, overwhelming amounts of information there because are. there's people are just trying to sell diet plans. And so there's like the this and the this. And that you're just like, I just want to know what is the healthiest. Like, yeah, especially because a lot of people want to lose weight, but a lot of people just want to be eating right. Mm-hmm. And you, I just feel like it is, it's overwhelming. It is. It's overwhelming. So we so, do try to boil it down for people. There's just way too much information. That's why I like talking to people on the phone because we can hit on mm-hmm. the the highlights and we can have, I can explain things so that people are then sort of informed when they make their choices. Yeah. And then I guess the last question I have is for, for the listeners that we have that are already in menopause is, All right. is there, you get, is there any testing that needs to be done or is basically once you've reached menopause, all the same levels are low. And so there can almost be a action plan that you can provide to them to either ease the experience a little bit, or is it super specific between each person? Like, does menopause hormone levels fluctuate between women? Or is it just... I'm so glad you asked that because it is very specific to each woman. Mm. And some women in menopause are very low in estrogen. 
So they're at risk for, especially thin, thin women who don't have a lot of body fat because body fat actually is a source for estrogen production once the ovaries have, are done. Got it. Um, so overweight women often make a lot of estrogen and may even be estrogen dominant and at risk for breast cancers and weight gain and yeah. bloating and all that, while women who are estrogen deficient in menopause are at risk for weight, um, for weight loss, for bone loss, for lean muscle loss, for really bad hot flashes and night sweats and palpitations. So there are in menopause different, menopause used to be all about it's low estrogen. No, actually, it's not always about low estrogen. It's more often about high estrogen because women in menopause are no longer ovulating and thus they are no longer they making progesterone. So the purport, that's why the ratio we measure is important because if estrogen is in excess relative to progesterone, then you're, you know, you are in a, an imbalance while you're in menopause. And those are the women that can't sleep. They can't lose weight. Uh, they may be very crabby and, you yeah, know, bitchy. Yeah. Um, so, and does menopause also affect all of the other hormones that, like, knock progesterone and estrogen and, I guess, maybe testosterone, the ones that we normally sort of um, equate with, like, reproduction? Does it? Does menopause affect the other ones, cortisol and and? Oh yeah, because okay. these hormones are like seesaws. You know, I was talking about the synchronized swimmers or the instruments in an orchestra, they all are inter, they work in an integral way. So when one hormone is up, another is down, creating an imbalance and with correlated symptoms. So women in menopause who are, you know, often low in the master female hormones or have an imbalance of them may also be low in testosterone or they may be high in testosterone. Because relatively speaking, because their estrogen and progesterone are now relatively lower than the they were in the reproductive years, now they're higher in androgens like like uh, testosterone, DHEA. Those are the women that have excess facial hair, like they're ta you know they've got chin hair galore, a forest under there. <laughs> These are the women that are their skin may start breaking out. They may have terrible abdominal fat. They can't lose the you know the menopausal women that just hate their belly fat. It's the worst thing of all. And they may feel edgy and, and they're always, you know, often irritable yeah. and, and with the people they love most in the world. So it's a little bit different than PMS when we're younger. It's a new kind of edgy kind of, ugh, ah, not, not a very a nice woman. feeling. So Such menopause is, it, it's yeah. important to test in menopause because low estrogen is a risk for heart attack and, and bone loss. High estrogen is a risk for breast cancer and weight gain in all the wrong places. Cortisol stress hormones may become higher because there's a lack of these other hormones there to create a balance. So now we're anxious or we're tearful yeah. or we're depressed or we're Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so there, yeah, it's so for women in menopause, you've got another third of your lives to go. You, 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 you wanna, wanna live, live well. to be 70, 80. My thing is health span. Who cares about lifespan? I don't care if I live to be 95. What I want to do is live to be, I, I want the years of health, the health span, the years yeah. during which I am healthy and feel great. That's what counts. Absolutely. And I think in yeah. that sense, we need a little hormone, but we need, you know, but we need to test first. It needs to be bioidentical. And ladies, you who you have heard that hormones are a risk for breast cancer. Yes, they are if they're synthetic and they're one size fits all and you didn't test. But if you test, you know how much you're using and you're using a bioidentical hormone, you are good to go. I have studies that are they're so important, European studies mostly, that show the protective benefits. Yeah. So yeah, I, I women I think are- that's, I feel like that's the biggest takeaway today for everybody is just that just doing the test to know where you're at so that you can make sure to like you're saying, protect your health span. Yeah. Protect that in all ways. When you're mm -hmm. young, that you're feeling good and feeling strong in the years when you have that, you've got all that energy and that ability, yeah. that you're not living a different kind of life. And then once you are in menopause, still making sure that sure. Yeah, you're living that last third of your life well with energy and focus. And, it can be great because yeah. you're not subject to the fluctuations. You, your t hormones do tend to stabilize out, but you need to maybe yeah. replenish a little bit it's here and there. just information you need. Yeah. The more information. Yeah. Candace, I could talk to you all day.
I mean, honestly, I could talk I to you know. forever. Thank you so, so much for doing this. You're welcome. This is so much great info. Um, Tell everybody the name of the website, where they can find you on social media, and also your new podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So it's yourhormonebalance.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. What would that be? At my daughters manage that. At your hormone balance. balance. We have quite an active Instagram thing. Um, Don't forget the code for momhood. Yeah, we'll just do momhood. Um, and yes, I'm excited to say that I have just launched uh, a podcast called WTF Women Talking Frankly with my good friend, Kyle McAvoy, who's a nurse practitioner. She's one of the first women to be um, in Portland, Oregon, to be dealing with menopausal women. She talks to us all day. And that's who we're mostly talking to on that podcast. Yeah. But we're also taking on the issues of birth control and and different we have lots of good guests and we're already getting some some good feedback i think there's so many women i've just been in england for four months and i would say if anyone asked me what i was doing the car and i mentioned it they would say oh my god no one here talks about menopause Get out. we need somebody to talk to and you know that's been a problem in this country it's getting better but women still yeah they don't that's why i think martha texted me exactly that i just had no idea what i was in for i wish i did some research when i was younger yeah so exactly. i think all of our listeners are better off for having you on here so thank you thank you thank you thank- cannot tell you how much i appreciate it and guys if you liked this episode and you're not already subscribed i hope that you will click that button subscribe to the channel give the episode a five-star review the show a five-star review if you enjoyed it and if you can even write a review that makes such a huge difference because that really goes a long way in sort of pushing us up it tracks the podcast it lets people know we exist and we are going to post all of this information on our instagram at momhood show i'm going to share with you guys my hormone results so you can see what that looks like when you get it wow. and how in-depth it will be so hopefully that will be helpful to you guys and um, we will see you next week all right bye Oh, 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 oh,